Hey guys, you're listening to Sound Scrub, a place where I get to dissect the writing, production, and recording process of a song with the artist and producer. I am your host, Lisa Denae. My name is Kristen Allen Farmer, and my artist project is Dream Tonic. And I am a singer, songwriter, artist, and music producer. And let's see, a fun fact about me. Well, in addition to loving dancing, I'm a I'm a <laughs> samba dancer, and I love to go to like oh. music festivals, and I dance there. The whole electronica influence has deeply penetrated my music. And fun fact is I'm a classically trained pianist. Um, and I actually started inventing songs when I was about five. And before I could read music, I actually invented my own graphic notation. (laughs) So I would come up with like little symbols and squiggles and A lot of them were directionally oriented, like up and down kind of things that I would trace onto a page. Uh And I actually still have some of my earliest compositions that were with my own invented graphic notation. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I want to say, you know, that I've been composing since I was a wee one. And then, you know, I became officially, you know, trained and, and, uh, and went on to pursue a classical in piano, which is what, you know, my master's degree is in piano performance, mm-hmm. actually. Um, oh, wow. And so recently, I want to say two or three years ago, I started producing. And it's just been a really beautiful fusion of my classical training, my love of dance. And yeah, another fun fact is that I actually studied the death music in Bali. So I traveled to Bali. Oh my gosh. Wait, what is that? <laughs> well, I, um, so Bali is an island in Indonesia. Yeah. And I played in a Balinese gamelan for many, many years. And um, it's, it's just a form of music where interlock is a major part of the music where there's a yin and a yang and, and a, you know, positive and a negative part to the music itself. And so mm-hmm. I was just fascinated by the depth and the just, it was just so beautiful to me that I ended up studying death ritual music in Bali for a couple of different summers. And that has worked its way into my music as well. So, oh, so there's a, wow. there's like, Two or three fun facts in there, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, no, that is crazy. Oh my gosh, what a great like background story. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, my that. pleasure. That is, um, when wait, when did you say that you started training uh, classically on the piano? I started piano lessons at about age six, but then I got oh okay. Yeah, I got really really serious in high school. Um, gotcha. And I went to performing arts high school. So it was like, you know, eight to five thirty every day, intense studying, like just piano oh, and performance, really? and music oh. theory and music history. And I'm an absolute theory nerd. It just is like, I love it. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's really fun to, to bring some of that knowledge into music production. Yeah, for sure. I know it's so I learned music theory when I was really young, but I definitely was not 
a uh, someone that was interested to like keep that knowledge. I don't know why. Um, I think I just got wrapped around. I because I was like classically trained when I was young, but then once I started playing piano with music that was you know commercially released I just kind of put all the classical pieces like on in the back burner and then like music theory I mean I still you know know the basics but it's um it takes me a while to like process everything yeah it's kind of like I lost it yeah, it's, it's in there somewhere, I'm sure, you know, it works its way into your music, whether you know it or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, today's episode of Sound Scrub, this is the last episode for season three. So first, I want to thank all of my listeners out there for tuning in. I'm very excited to continue this in 2022 and see what new music uh, we discover together. But today's episode of Sound Scrub, we are going to be talking about Silent Night by Dream Tonic and Lucian Francis. So we know that Silent Night is a Christmas classic, and I normally focus on original music on the show. However, there's something to be said when artists are really able to make a new version of a song their own. And this one really, really stood out to me. So I want to know what inspired you to pick this song and and turn it into this like dark, haunting, beautiful rendition. <laughs> Great question. So first of all, I think everything I make is a little bit dark and haunting. <laughs> I, I don't think I can <laughs> not make music like that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, a little backstory on this particular piece. So I'm part of a larger producer, electronic music producer community called Producer dojo okay and producer dojo is led by the artist ill gates and um his name is dylan lane and he is a touring artist and he's done tons of collabs with so many different artists um you know gucci Mane, ionize he's he's been all over the map clothy so he heads up a producer community and record label and so i've tapped into this entire community um just starting back in January, and it's just been a whirlwind ever since I joined in a really good way. And so every now and then there is, they call it a cipher, but what it is, it's like a little music production challenge where they will give some guidelines for a track. And then as a producer, you're challenged to come up with and stay within those certain guidelines. Mm-hmm. So my last release prior to Silent Night, which is I Taste, actually was a result of a Halloween challenge. And um, so this current one, I'll just actually read you the brief for okay. the the cipher or the challenge that was put okay. forth. So it says Krampus Christmas Challenge. 
Oh. <laughs> and so <it> right <laughs> off <here>. the bat. <laughs> it says Krampus is like a Christmas demon. He scares the crap out of kids that made the naughty list and is pretty much the opposite of Santa. <laughs> that spirit, let's make the opposite of happy, cheery Christmas stuff and let's go for the creepy shadow side of the holiday. And it also says this challenge is all about tone and texture. Don't try to go hard and heavy unless you're absolutely confident that it will be amazing. And then be prepared, it might still not work. No limitations on key or BPM, but I'm leaning towards a darker tone. And, you know, this challenge is all about Foley and, you know, basically creaking floors, wrapping paper, scrunching yeah. snow. Um, but break that stuff down into a Christmas psychosis and take it to some pretty dark wow. places. So that was the challenge. And that was just music <laughs> to my ears. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so um, I've always, always kind of in the back of my head had Silent Night as a song that I knew I wanted to do a cover of. Okay. And so I just kind of sat down and I started tinkering with the melody as it, mm -hmm. you know, is traditionally known. And then I decided I was going to shift it from major to minor. And then mm -hmm. I decided I was going to take it from three, four to four, four. And mm -hmm. so I recorded some of my ideas. Um, in fact, if you want to play, I have, I gave you the initial piano idea um, as a snippet. If you want to just kind of hear where I started out. And then I basically contacted my co-producer, Lucien Francis, um, that I've worked with a lot of times in the past. And I said, you know, do you want to collaborate on this? And he said, hell yeah. So that's how it started. Oh my gosh. The whole Krampus. Okay. So I, I kind of forgot. I think they turned, that was a movie, right? The, it was yeah I think yeah because I remember I've actually been when the first time I went to Hollywood Horror Nights <laughs> at Universal they had a maze for that movie and it was really really creepy and to be honest I really wish that you know hearing this version that you have of Silent Night I really actually wish they played that <laughs> or just pieces of that production because I can totally like see it there I, I I was trying to imagine like where I would want to just hear this because I love dark sounds and yeah again like this just really I was I was not anticipating like this type of production <laughs> for Silent Night but it's just amazing I really really enjoyed it and all I could think about was Nightmare Before Christmas, even though uh -huh. just because, you know, of the whole theme of like mixing, you know, Halloween and Christmas. But Krampus totally makes sense to me now that you've now that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to covers, you said that you were like toying around with the melody. Mm -hmm. 
Do you have any advice for people that, you know, want to make a really different rendition of a pre-release song when it comes to piecing melodies together? Yeah, um, I think you need to first really think about what is your sound? Like, what are mm-hmm. what are you good at? Yeah. And kind of shape the remix or shape the reimagining around that as a starting point. And then after that, you just kind of, I mean, if you have stems, you can just bring it into your DAW and you just mm-hmm. start playing. You just start muting tracks, you change the BPM, you mess around with the key of certain things and you just kind of like figure out what is the spark in this particular song? Like what is really standing out to me and kind Mm. of hone in on that spark and shape something around it. And, um, you know, really you can let a lot of other stuff just drop away and then you can just kind of insert your own sound around that one spark that you've discovered from the original. What would you say that that one spark was for you? Would you say it was the piano? So, yeah, I started playing the melody. I mean, the melody of Silent Night was the spark for me. Um, Mm. But then I kind of took the melody to a different place after playing around with it. I started, you know, kind of just tinkering on my piano and I recorded, you know, just kind of some ideas. And then I changed my, you know, my sound from piano. I chose a music box. and. If you're able to access those recordings, you can kind of hear the shift that took place when we went from the piano to the music box. And you can kind of hear the transformation that took place. my spark is just the melody and being able to play around with the melody and figuring out different harmonies that I could do with with my vocals that was kind of the the spark for me So that was that was the start for me. It's just like recording those vocals and being able to mm-hmm. do like haunting little slides and adding some yes. seconds and my harmonies and yeah, just like that I just kind of went with it. And then the production built itself around the vocals, I would say. Oh, okay. So I was gonna ask that. So you focus more on the vocals first. Yeah. So what I did is I like came up with a melody on the piano and then I liked it. And then I transferred it to the music box sound because I thought it sounded really eerie and almost childlike. Like there was an innocence to the music box sound. And then I wanted to add some cello and I have this, this great, you know, 
plugin put out by Spitfire and they're called, it's called Frozen Strings. And it just sounds like so haunting. It sounds like you're playing cello in the middle of Antarctica with like whipping winds or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so I just started adding other things like the cello. Then I added the sub and then I went into my vocal booth and I recorded like, you know, I have a whole technique I can talk about later with my vocals, but then I started recording different harmonies. And so I took mm -hmm. the whole song up until about the drop, like when you, when it starts kind of having a major build, I took mm -hmm. it up to about the drop. And then I gave Lucy and Francis, I gave him my session and he kind of did his own thing at that point, which you can hear, you can hear kind of what he did to it at that point. in an entirely different direction at that point yeah and he he kind of took like the down tempo vibe and he turned it mm -hmm. into more of like a house track mm -hmm. um and when i got it back i was like oh i wasn't expecting it to go this direction <laughs> like yes. that's cool it's like a genre <laughs> blend of like sexy down tempo meets electro yeah. house <laughs> um and he inserted a lot of um so his vision actually was he had this vision of like this little girl sleeping at night and then it was Christmas Eve and then Krampus sneaks in and is like going to steal all the presents from under the tree. Oh. And then she gets up and her child like slumber and she starts shooting at him with, <gasps> with lasers. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh. So, Wait, I need this to be like a music video or yeah, something. Well, actually, yeah, I, I'm just finishing up the music video. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, Perfect. It's almost done. <laughs> I'll it to you. So, oh my gosh. So yeah, that was kind of his vision, you know, as artists. I think we tend to have visions enter our, our mental space when we're creating. Mm -hmm. And that was his. And so he went with the you know, fighting Krampus with shooting laser concepts. And he gave me back the track. And then um, I was like, it was too high frequency for me um, oh. with all the lasers. But I really liked the direction he was taking it in. And so I kind of, from that point, reshaped it to get rid of some of that high end and, mm -hmm. and, and then we reshaped it into what is now released today. So that's kind of a brief backstory. <laughs> wow. 
love hearing the whole thing about how it came together. I want to go back to the vocals really fast because I really love <laughs> those harmonies that you paired with the melody that you created. And then the background vocals, there's like these, um, I think there's in some spots, it's like echoing um, the melody and they're kind of warped, mm-hmm. which I just, ugh, I love, I love a good warped vocal. And I felt like it was so appropriate for what you're going for. And also, I really appreciated how you extended the word sleep. Mm-hmm. And then going into that down tempo, like beat that was built, I just, yeah, I just really, really enjoyed it. So, what was That's like your my favorite part of the song? I have to say. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no, it, and it makes total sense now that you told me like what he was imagining. I feel like that really goes because if, yeah, for like if he's imagining like a little girl like falling asleep, right? So, it's like you're trying to get her to go into that deep sleep. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like, boom, <laughs> the scene right. changes. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. What was yeah. your favorite part about like piecing the vocals together? Well, my favorite part of piecing the vocals together. So when when I record vocals, I basically always do a five finger pan of my lead. So like. I'll bring the the center and then I'll have a left and right, 25 right and 25 left pan and a 50 right, 50 left pan. Then I add in the harmonies to that. So as you can see, and then I have like, you know, anywhere from like four to five finger pan for my harmonies as well. So in any given track, my vocals will probably occupy about maybe 20 to 25 tracks, just the vocals of all the pans. And so you can imagine that there's a lot of like clean up that needs to happen Mm -hmm. because I, I use different takes for each of the lead doubles and I use different takes for each of the harmony doubles. And so my favorite part of doing these, these vocals was actually discovering this plugin called Vocaline, which basically lines up all of your transients in your vocals and you can side chain it to your lead vocal. And that was just like the fairy godmother. I never knew <laughs> that I needed, but she yeah. appeared. And so I think that was like my most exciting thing about processing these particular vocals. <laughs> it's discovering oh this God. awesome plugin. <laughs> yeah. So it came at the right moment. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. So. Oh my gosh. Did you end up producing it? Was it just you two producing this? And then did you mix and master this whole thing? Yeah, we we produced it. As you can hear on some of the snippets, I produced it up to a certain point. And then he he came back with like the house take, the house portion right. of it. And so yeah, we we co-produced this all together. And it was a really I mean, we passed this, the Ableton session back and forth probably six or seven times before we decided on a final version. And so oh. our workflow is, is really great because um, like, like I said earlier, I kind of started this whole idea and I gave him mm-hmm. the, the nugget <laughs> and then right. he did some stuff and he passed it back. And so we do 
stuff like on our own time building on the other session. And then we get together frequently and we tweak stuff together over Zoom and we make decisions like how much are we going to automate that that low pass on the kick or like mm-hmm. like let's let's add these chops here and like maybe we like the rhythm of that chop but not that chop and so it's really like we're in the same room making production decisions together so we try to get yeah. it to a certain point and then do all the fun stuff together in real time did you guys ever get stuck on an idea or butt heads <laughs> i think the most challenging part for me personally was after I got his version back, I liked a lot of the concepts that he had put forth, but I wanted it to go in a different direction. And so I spent like a good weekend with this track, Mm -hmm. just completely gutting it. And like, and then I was really, really nervous (laughs) when I presented it to him. Right. Like, are you going to like this? I don't know. I just, I got rid of all the lasers and I got rid of all this stuff that he did. And then he, I played it once and he was like, I love it. So Aww. it was perfect. <laughs> so that was the hardest part, I think, is like taking the stuff that he did and gutting it and reshaping it, not knowing if he was going to like it or not. How much do you think you took off? Um, I took a bunch off and I added a bunch too. Like I, I completely tweaked the arrangement and I gutted the arrangement and I, I inserted, um, you know, I, I altered the bridges. I added an intro and an ending. I changed the rhythm of the drums in a lot of places. He, he had a really cool idea of he took my my vocals and he made it basically go from a minor tonality but in just a snippet he made it go to major and i was like oh i really liked that but he used autotune or something that made my voice sound unnatural right and so i needed to make it real so i i went and i re-recorded that section and actually did it for real like took his idea, but shaped it to be more sounding like an authentic vocal take. So that was, um, that was a fun process though, to take his idea, but then take it to the next step. Nice. Well, I normally ask people what their favorite lyric line is in the song however you said that you always imagined you know doing your own rendition of silent night so if you do have a favorite lyric line in silent night i would be curious to know but i would also like to know what about silent night made like made you want to do a cover of it or reimagine it yeah, I just have always really enjoyed the song. Yeah. And I've, I think I've always had this version somewhere in me. <laughs> and I gotcha. just needed a reason to bring it out. And I think my favorite lyric in this song is sleep in heavenly peace. Mm-hmm. And 
for me, that particular phrase was a really potent breeding ground for lots of cool ideas to come forth. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. As you mentioned earlier, all the harmonies that go over mm-hmm. the word sleep is is really cool. And uh, and another interesting thing is is so Lucian Francis at some point I gave him a session and I had you know all my scratch vocals inside the session and i had deactivated one clip the soup there's like a super high part it's like the in heavenly it kind of repeats a super high part and he had deactivated my deactivated clip and he like started integrating it and at first i was really embarrassed like oh i didn't mean for you to actually hear that but um then I was like, oh, this is super cool. So I re-recorded it and made it better. And um, so he unearthed <laughs> a little gem that kind of yeah. found its way that I wouldn't have originally put in there. And that's kind of the beauty of collaboration is we created something that we would have never created on our own. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it was a really fun little gem that he unearthed there yeah again i really loved what you did with that line thank you yeah because normally yeah it's just like really short but i think putting an emphasis on it is especially just the word sleep Mm -hmm. was really cool and it was unexpected too like for me i've i haven't really heard another cover of this in that way so it was just i just really enjoyed it Overall, I was I was really impressed. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> what would you say your favorite production element in this song is? Um, I really, I think at the very, very end of the track, like probably the last 20 seconds or so, there is the 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 section sleep and heavenly peace with all the cool harmonies and stuff we did it again but then we added this super distorted dirty raunchy bass filled with tons of movement and i think that's my favorite part of the song because i'm just like a sucker for bass i love it yeah and so i i think that's my favorite part of the song i just kind of really dirties it up and um, mm-hmm. brings it to another place. So, and that was a really, really fun part of our collaboration was figuring out the sound of that bass and playing around with different patches and playing around with different ways to automate the bass. And Lucien showed me some really cool techniques, how to do that. And I'm just so forever grateful for him to bring me into his fold and teach me all these cool techniques so that's my favorite production element i'd say was there a different option like prior to you guys finding that particular sound for the bass yeah just to kind of keep the sub as it was Mm. but we wanted to add a new element as you know when you have repeats in music you want to add a new element but not Mm -hmm. too many new elements because your ear perks up when it hears new stuff so right yeah, the other option was just to keep the sub as was and maybe add like a more melodic 
element there. I'm not sure where we would have gone with that, but I'm glad we chose the bass to to mess with. Yeah. No, yeah, I love a good bass. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> good. That makes me happy. <laughs> Are there any other interesting facts about the whole process of this song that you want to share? Yeah, um, I would say a few things. This song is making its way onto my first ever NFT. Oh, what? Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Of Christmas songs. It's like a 99 Christmas songs NFT. And I am new to the whole NFT space and I have a huge learning curve and I'm really excited about it. And yeah, so that was that was an exciting development that took place with this particular track. Did you already launch it? No, it's it's launching okay. on Friday. So oh, yeah. That's so sick. Uh, so I'm learning all about that whole space and I have lots of questions, but I am a quick learner and I love to stuff. So um so that's happening and the song was sent to a couple different sync libraries. And I'm excited about that too. Yes. So yeah, just kind of putting one foot in front of the other and making our music. And because of our collaboration between Lucy and Francis and I, we have gotten to work on some really, really exciting projects, many of which are in the works for releasing next year. So I'm just so thankful for this, this partnership with him. And yeah, I just want to say thank you to Lucy and Francis. Yeah. Well, and with that, I was going to say it is the holiday season. Mm -hmm. So I would love to give you a moment to shout out anyone that anyone more than one Mm -hmm. (laughs) person that may have helped you get through maybe a hard time in 2021 and what you're looking forward to most in 2022. Awesome. I would love to give a shout out to my husband, Ty Farmer. Um, He's been just incredible on like every front, just supporting me left and right with logistics and musical ideas and production ideas and everything like that. And a huge shout out to Dylan Lane. He is the head honcho at the Producer Dojo community. His artist name is Bill Gates. He's really taken me under his wing, mentored me personally in lots of ways. Big shout out to Lucy and Francis as well. And all the female music producers out there, I think I just want to acknowledge you and say it's not easy (laughs) to kind of, you know, there's, I think as a singer songwriter, and producer, it's really, really easy for people to assume, oh, Dream Tonic, your vocals were on that. Like you didn't produce it, you mm-hmm. did the vocals on it. I get that all the time. I can't tell you how often that is just an assumption that I didn't do any of the production. And I just wanna say, like, <laughs> we're a very rare breed. Like I think the the statistics are dire, like 
I think only 5% of females, female of music producers are female. It's like crazy. And so I just want to give a shout out to all the female music producers out there who are doing it. And like, let's talk shop. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah. I feel yeah. I, that's something that I've been striving to work towards is, is working with more female producers. I just, I, I've been on the, on the hunt, but you know, it's always also trying to find someone that can, you know, gets my style of music and, and understands how to navigate that. And, um, yeah, I'm always, always on the hunt. (laughs) Yeah. And as an artist, it's like, you already are a producer because you usually probably have more than just a, a, chord structure and a melody in mind you probably have Mm. other ideas and so it's just a matter of yeah learning you know even if you don't get yourself into the DAW just like learning the language of music production is yeah is so helpful and being able to communicate with your producer and um and it's really fun to produce with other producers because it's like everybody has their own distinct sound and it's just so mm-hmm. fun to see what comes out of different collaborations. So. Yeah. Well, and it seems like, yeah, with this song in particular, I mean, you and Lucian, you know, you had different ideas or of what you were imagining. And like you said, when it was sent to you, like what he added, you were just like, I wasn't expecting it to go in that direction. Right, right. You know? Exactly. And I think um, for me personally, right now I'm working on my EP and it's going to be released um, in the spring of 2022. And Dylan, Ill Gates, he, um, we're going to put it out on the Producer Dojo label, but he was such a generous, like, he's, he's so awesome and amazing and enthusiastic about my music he actually said let's let's put out a remix ep of all these tracks so it was it was so fun so i took all my ep tracks and i i got you know i created stems for all the tracks and i uploaded them to this you know this portal and then all the different producers in the community there's probably like a hundred different producers who submitted remixes of my EP tracks. Wow. And so from that, we are choosing about, I don't know, we're, we're narrowed down to about five or six right now. And so we're going to actually put out a remix EP as well as the Dream Tonic EP. That's going to be awesome. And so it's just like a testimonial to the power of collaboration like oh my gosh I'm just so blown away by some of these remixes and I would have never thought of doing my tracks like that so I can't wait to hear it with you when when that comes yes (laughs) yes I would love to hear it any particular like lyrical themes that we can expect from the EP yeah so um so Lyrical themes wise, I always try to make my lyrics pretty universal where I don't get too specific and I try to make it applicable to everybody, but also up to interpretation. Like, Mm. 
-hmm. Like one of my tracks, Spark, is kind of a song of hope and like being in a really dark place. And the lyrics, you know, could just mean something different depending on who's listening at a particular time in their life. And so I always try to make my lyrics vague enough Mm -hmm. to apply to a variety of emotional states and mental places that people go. But, you know, inspiring hope in a place of darkness, I think, is, is kind of maybe a lyrical theme in my yeah. upcoming EP. Yeah. We seem to be on the same wavelength here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really, really excited to hear it. And um, yeah, congratulations on the NFT as well. That's like really, really awesome. And, and I'm learning more about that space and, you know, what possible direction I'd like to go for myself. But I'm excited to see yours and and be able to like see you know how the launch goes and everything you did mention that you're have you have a music video for this correct yes I do okay Um, I am I am diving into the world of Final Cut Pro and I'm I'm quite a novice but I'm having a grand old time (laughs) Um, I actually our last our last release, which is called I Taste, and it was a Halloween track. And if you go check it, you can go check the I Taste music video on YouTube. And it is, it was so fun. It was the track about a vampire, a wanton vampiress in search of blood. And it was just like needing a music video. So I actually, you know, took some professional footage and dressed up and got like all this vampire makeup on. And I had so much fun making the video and it turned out to be like a trippy, sexy, glitchy eighties ish music video. And um, oh, I'm going to have to go watch that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so fun to make. I had so much fun making that on Final Cut Pro that I was like, I need to do this for Silent Night. And so it's not going to be as elaborate because I didn't do like the whole professionally go to a studio Mm -hmm. and like get the raw footage and all that kind of stuff. But um, I did some stuff here on my own at home. But I think coming into this space of like creating visuals to go along to the music has been really fun for me because Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, well, number one, it's a break from the music production tasks that I usually do. But two, it's creating this world, you know, Mm -hmm. this like dream tonic Lucian Francis world. And it's a, it's a whole aesthetic that I'm trying to create. And so it's, it's really fun to step away from the music and just start thinking about what is dream tonic? Like, it's 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 water and it's space and it's it's like fusing the angelic with like the earthly mm-hmm. you know gritty groundedness that that distorted bass can provide and yes. so <laughs> so i'm trying to bring those kinds of concepts into the videos that i am beginning to create yeah so and then when does that come out? 
I'm in the final stages of editing today, so I okay. will probably launch it by the end of the week. Um, okay. Yeah, I might try to line it up with the NFT drop. The NFT, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> That's so exciting. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> can you tell everyone where they can download and stream your version of Silent Night and where they can follow you on social media? Absolutely. So you can go to Dream Tonic Spotify or Lucien Francis Spotify. And on Instagram, I'm at Dream Tonic Music, Twitter at Dream Tonic Music, Facebook at Dream Tonic Music. All my handles are at Dream Tonic Music. And if you want to go check out the music video, it's actually on the homepage of my website right now, which is dreamtonicmusic.com. So you can see that there or just go directly to YouTube, Dream Tonic Music. So that's where I'm in all the places. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on my show. And I hope you have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. And Happy Holidays. Thank you so much for your time and opportunity to share a look behind the process. Listen to the full song on your favorite music platforms. Make sure to follow me, your host, Lisa Dene, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, and Twitter at Lisa Dene Music. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support SoundScrub, please visit lisadene.com forward slash SoundScrub for more details. Thank you for listening. 